Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 107. Amazingly enough, I remember how to start a show now. Tonight's show is brought to you by my lovely colorful lumps. That's right. My lovely, <laughs> lovely lady lumps. No, they're colorful lumps. All right. Oh, my lovely bloody bumps. Lumps. Sure. Uh, I'm back. I missed last week because, uh, as Kenny asked just before we started, why did I crash my balls off? Well, see, what was happening was, or what had happened was, I was wooing and hooing when I should have been woeing and knowing, and the ground came up at a high rate of speed. To more accurately describe what happened, I met up with the Parker, his buddy Sheldon, and Parker was going to do a bike packing trip, and Sheldon and I were going to join him for like part of it. Just, we're going to ride what we feel like, go home. What's important is Andrew was already on a contingency expecting to pick me up somewhere. And we roll out of Poncha Springs at roughly 635, 640, and it's sprinkling just a little bit. And by... I don't know, 8 o'clock, 8.30, it's just raining on us. And we're at 95, 10,000 feet probably. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. And we're riding some Colorado Trail, and it just keeps raining and raining. Uh, to the point where when I stop, I can wring my gloves out without taking them off. I can just make a fist and water comes out. Were you riding I can with press... Colorado Trail peeps? No, uh, they weren't here yet. Got it. Uh, and we're going along. And we finally get to a fun descent, and I know this descent. I'm like, hell yeah. And Parker had been kind of leading the charge, and we come into a corner, and he had, like, we'd been riding with, like, a pretty good gap between us because uh, I was riding with Parker, and that's how it always goes. <laughs> and I come into a corner, and he's standing, like, just off the trail laughing, and I can see where he skidded and barely blew the corner. Like, he came to a stop with his foot off the trail. And I go by him, and he hops in behind me, and I start woohooing, and the scene of the incident, forensics by Parker and Sheldon, and what I felt happen all match up. There was a couple of rocks that kind of started a, uh, let's call it a toddler head rock garden. Wasn't really a rock garden in the sense that it's all rocks, but there was just a ton of extra large baby heads. And behind one, there was a wet root, and I didn't see it. And the easiest way to think of this is I'm traveling, this isn't correct, but just for ease of speaking, I'm traveling due north, and when I hit this route, my front wheel gets bounced a little offline northwest, and then it crams to a stop behind a rock going full west at that point. My body's still traveling due north at a high rate of speed, and I land in this baby head section on my hip. Um, I don't know, I don't think I unclipped even. Um, I know I didn't get a hand off the bar. Like I just was going and the bike was still with me. I landed on my hip and came to a pretty abrupt stop because my hip and a rock made love. I lightly bruised some ribs, tore up a jersey, my bibs, Gore-Tex shake dry jacket, put a hole in my camelback, and I heard my helmet explode as it hit the ground. I rolled around. I was screaming something along the lines of, fuck, this is bad, but I'm okay. Everyone kind of like was in a little disbelief, like your helmet's really bad. We need to da-da-da. And I'm like, just give me a minute. And I started moving around and like, yep, my helmet's blown up. Things aren't good. And Sheldon's like, we really need to check your eyes. And I was like, they're beautiful like always. <laughs> uh -huh. And... I'm like, I'm fine. Like, my head's fine. And they both seem a little doubtful. And I look at them. I'm like, it's August 12th. They're like, what? I don't I don't know the date. I'm like, yeah, it's August 12th, second weekend of the month. Or second weekend of August. It's Leadville Day. 
they're like, oh, eh? I was like, yeah, like this hurts, but like I never lost consciousness or anything. This is fine. So I start walking, then I get on my bike. And you're also hypothermic at this point. Yeah, yeah, I definitely was. I so was mentioning. I start walking, and that was the thing. They kind of like unpacked some stuff. They were trying to, it, Parker was in reaching Andrea saying like, hey, you need to pick us up here. Matt's had a pretty big crash. Anyways, I, where was I in the story when you interrupted me? You started to walk. I started walking, and then I, it hurt to walk because my hip's all fucky. So I tried to ride, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, my head's way worse than I thought. Like, I can't ride for shit. Oh, my God. And I stopped, and I was going to start walking again, and I realized my bars were crooked as shit. So (laughs) straighten my bars, and then rode, I don't know, two or three more miles probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you do have like one little kicker of a climb before you get to the double track where you can just coast home or coast to the road. Yeah, and everything hurt, but nothing was like awful. Um, Andrea scooped me up. She told them, you got to ride yourselves back to town. I'm taking Matt to the uh, to the walk-in clinic. Go to the walk-in clinic. They x-ray my pelvis. My pelvis is not broken. Oh, can I add something in? Sure. Just, I mean... I don't know how many people are like, why didn't you take him to the emergency room? Well, given the information that I had that he had not lost consciousness, he knew what day it was, where he was, what he was doing, and all of that. That was kind of my deciding factor of we're going to urgent care versus emergency room. You know, if he had lost consciousness, if he had been confused, if he had been, you know, needing more help out than what he had, then I would have immediately taken him to the closest emergency room. Also, it's different when you're like with people the whole time too, right? Like he's with you, you're at a place and then it's probably pretty obvious to realize when if stuff starts going south in the next few hours or whatever, you can always just hightail it to escalate uh, as needed. Hightail it to the hospital because if you're like, you know, hey yeah. Matt, you feel any better? And he's like, rah, 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 rah. and then you can <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, if I start if I start sounding like the uh, parents from the Peanuts, yeah. we got problems. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's okay, that's continue. what I did when I smashed my head that one time. They asked me, I think, because I, I don't remember any of it. They asked me like who the president was or something, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. and they're like, oh, that's <laughs> not who the president is. You're going to go to the hospital. <laughs> it's like that'll be 2030 when Glorp Glorp takes over the world, the alien <laughs> uprising. <laughs> Um, okay, so you are at yeah. the urgent care, and you have yeah, and you have X-rayed the old pelvis. Yeah, and they gave me a bunch of warm blankets. <clears throat> they gave me a hard time because I was like, "Do you have some like towels I can wipe off with?" Because I am filthy. Yeah, he's been riding in the rain for four hours. Yeah, I am filthy. And then the ladies give me a hard time because I walked outside and wiped off. Like I stood using the glass of the like the building, the entrance doors. And, like, wiped off as much as I could. They were like, you didn't have to go back outside. And I was like, they're like, that's why there's dustpans. I'm like, I'm not rude. Like, <laughs> fuck. But I, uh, they gave me some more blankies. And then, I don't know, the, I think the lady, the nurse flirted with me. <laughs> she was just nice. Did they give she you, did they me. give you a catheter? Nope. <laughs> that's good. No catheters. They gave me some x-rays. They let me bring home all my towels and blankets that I fouled. It's pretty cool. I love blankets, so. Yeah, and then I came home, and something that was really hard to, I guess, how do I word this? Not tackle, but I've just smashed myself. They've given me no pain medicine. Yeah, she was like, you can take Tylenol or ibuprofen. 
I'm still a little bit salty about that. You, I mean, you could have like pushed for it, but oh, I didn't think about it in the moment. It wasn't until later that I was sitting around and it hurt to exist. Yeah, I. I mean, we're in a very home. different climate when it comes to pain medications these days. Uh, I get for that. probably really I, good reasons. Yeah, but I think if you don't if you don't have anything that's broken, like for me, I had a clearly broken collarbone and they were like, "Yeah, here are pain meds." But outside of that, yeah. like if you if everything checks out and you're not like writhing around in pain or something like that, they're probably just not going to give you anything, right? Like that seems I wasn't there, but that actually seems reasonable to me. That's the stance I would take. Well, the one thing Andrea said after we left is she once got a shot of anti-inflammatories, which I think that would have been great for me. Like, the lady didn't even offer me ibuprofen on the spot. That That's the thing that, like, I'm a little bit salty about. Because then we had to drive an hour home. Yeah. And... I mean, it would have been nice, but I, I think you really have to, like Kenny said, if nothing's broken and you're just like, everything hurts, um, you probably would just have to be like, do you have anything strong you can give me for pain? It doesn't have to be a narcotic. Just something to just knock the edge off right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I get both sides of it, but that's my only gripe. But the big thing that I had to tackle, because I can't think of a better word for it, is I've smashed myself. Everything hurts. My appetite's destroyed. I rode for four hours, and now it's probably been another two and a half hours, and I haven't eaten a real meal yet. That was... That was tough. Did you make me a sandwich that afternoon? I think so. Yeah, I've eaten a lot of sandwiches since then. I think you um, need some good meat rice. Dude, yes, <laughs> I need meat rice in my life. I think you need, I, real, I need deal, real deal four-part meat rice, and then you'll feel well, fucking strong. How about this, Kenny? You could still come this weekend, but instead of riding, you just make meat rice. Continuously. Continuously, and we'll just keep <laughs> stocking it into the freezer. Yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know if that's a good use of time. I think you could like that and eat. work on Tom's uh, motorcycle. You could email me a recipe, but you can just email it to me. Okay, <laughs> bitch, bitch says that like I don't cook. That's that's dirty. You just did me dirty. Matt does. Cook. I cook all the time. You do, whore. <laughs> um, so that's me. That's what I've had going on. Uh, I didn't work the last few days, understandably, because staring at your computer after you smash your head is probably not a good idea. Um, and that's that. Yeah, bike's fine. You Andrew. got new wheels? Oh, yeah, I got new road wheels for my gravel bike. I uh, came across a deal I couldn't pass up, so found a buyer for my Bontrager Pro 3V wheels, and for not very many American dollars, I was able to turn those into Zip 303S disc tubeless wheels tiny bit lighter tiny bit narrower i don't really care about the width 23 versus 25 who gives a shit on yeah, gravel, gravel bike, bike i don't care matter. i was talking to andrea about that the other day i understand optimized i understand all that but all these assholes that act like your tire isn't is, is, like that bikes just won't work if you're not riding a 39 and a half point seven millimeter rim like fuck we used to run 2.4 ardents on a 21 millimeter rim no remember arches arches were actually great they were pretty freaking strong arches were 19 19 and then crest was wide at 21 yeah crest were the wide boys it was like (laughs) whoa these are really wide at 21 so my narrow 25 millimeter tire or envy wheels on 2.4 tires built my wheels at bikes plus shorter guy shaved head were you roommates 
or Chris Boywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I got those wheel or the rims in, and he was building, gonna build the wheels, and he's like, "These are the new ones. They're really wide." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I got ate my lunch once. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just a cock. <laughs> like I came back from a test ride, and he had eaten my lunch, and I was like, "No, where'd you put my lunch?" And he's like, "I ate it." And my boss that used to be in the Navy came around the corner and he handed me like five or 10 bucks. He's like, go buy your lunch. And he's like, outside. <laughs> and like, I, it never happened to me again. Um, so. How do you, oh, man. how do you accidentally eat someone else's food? I don't think, it doesn't sound like it was an accident. It wasn't an accident at all. Oh. He was just hungry. I mean, I he see was if it was dick. like a joke or something like that. Um, that. That's pretty funny, I guess. But I think there's people that legitimately accidentally eat someone else's food. How do you like in some some lunch that's prepared for someone that's like reheated whatever weird shit they have and you're like and you just stumble in there and be like, oh, this is mine, I think. And you just eat it. That's just bizarre to me. I know how it happens. And then we have to move on with the show. How? Uh, You work some office job that you hate. You drink a pint of schnapps on the way home from work. (laughs) You get home. You move straight into bourbon. You get blitz drunk because you hate your life. Your wife packed like watches you just drunkenly shovel some dinner into your face and packs you the leftovers for the next day. And then the next day, you don't even remember what you had for dinner last night. And you're just like, I think this is mine. But you've already had like a beer for breakfast. So <laughs> what you're describing is just alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I understand that. All right. So uh, who else has been doing some stuff? Kenny, what have you been up to the last two weeks? You've been making meat rice? I'm doing all kinds of cool ass shit. I have not made legitimate meat rice since maybe like uh, two months ago when we took a trip down south. It took some people out. So some people were not <laughs> ready for it. It's, I remember you saying that. It is 100%. I, I'm really curious about this now. Yeah, it's just 100% not for beginners. And <laughs> <laughs> if you're new to eating, meat rice is not for it's you. It's not for you. Like, if it was a trail system, like, is meat rice a black or a double black? Uh, it's, I don't even know. It's, I think it's just people aren't prepared. <laughs> people aren't prepared for it. Like, everyone has Where a, do they go wrong? Do they just eat too much? I think they just eat too much. Everyone gets pretty excited. You know, it's like when everyone's really quiet at the table because everyone's just eating really hard. <laughs> and the next morning, there were, like, two or three people who couldn't do anything. <laughs> like, they just had, like, residual meat sweats. I guess and they so. Just, it's not like a diarrhea thing. It's a, like, I think their bodies just can't handle the amount of carbs that have been injected. They're in a slight diabetic coma. <laughs> Probably. Oh, can I tell a really funny story? Go for it. Always. So, uh, one of my buddies, he's a he's a listener, Andy. His, his family gives each other, like, a gag gift every year at Christmas. But it's always, like, good-hearted stuff. And uh, it is how I understand it. It's like they wrap your favorite candy bar, you know, or something like that. And one time his brother got for Christmas a two liter of Big K Red Cola. Oh, boy. If you're not familiar with it, it's amazing. It's red cream soda from it's Big K is like the Kroger family of brands, like house brand. Do they make Dr. Thunder? And it's amazing. They make something. They either make that or something adjacent. I feel like Doctor Thunder is Walmart or Sam's Club brand. Maybe Um, I don't know. I feel like Kroger. I've gotten or I've seen at least Doctor Thunder on the shelf, and I've always been curious. 
apparently his brother got a two liter of Big K red cream soda and he drank it all over the course of the day. Like just It's Dr. K in Big K flavor. Uh and then his brother started acting really, really weird. And uh, to the point that his mom took him to the hospital, and that's the day they found out that he's diabetic. <laughs> Jeez. So That's wild. The joke is that Big K gave him diabetes. <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah, Dr. Thunder is Walmart's brand. Okay, sick. Uh, so. so if you're out there and you have access to a 12-pack of red cream soda or red cola, I can't remember what it's called, um, from Big K... Mail it to me because I can't. I don't have a. I can't find it locally. Can you get it at City Market, like in Canyon City? I haven't. I've looked. I haven't found okay. it. So, so back to back to meat rice taking people out. Yeah. Well, there's no. There was no meat rice. That was the question. Is did I do any meat rice over the past two weeks? The answer is no. But I did ride some moto. We rode a new place. It's called Hobble Creek, and it was insanely fun. So always really cool to go to a new place. It's always like really fun and exciting on the way out there. So it's down south a little bit from us. It's in one of the many, many canyons that we have access to and drove up that canyon. It's a pretty cool scenic drive. Neat little town actually leading up to it. I could definitely see myself living there. It seems like really just a much more older established place. Lots of trees. Uh, Yeah, seemed pretty cool. Anyway, driving up there and there's like some marathon or something going on and like the road is kind of semi blocked off and I like wasn't sure if I could like drive down it. I asked one of the people and they said, yeah, you can. So me and other truck behind me with motos in it drove basically upstream of the Boston Marathon. It was insane. (laughs) There were thousands of runners and I will say not a single one of them looked like they were having a good time. So, yeah, I got to the parking lot, super nice day, rode up these trails. They were awesome. They were just amazing trails. I think it had rained maybe the night before, but just a little bit. So it was hero dirt. The trails were inexplicably, like, better than the mountain bike trails you would ever ride. It was insane. They were definitely moto trails. And we saw one or two e-bikers on full e-bikes, like full power e-bikes, and then maybe another three or four moto people. And that's it. There was nobody else out there. And yeah, super awesome. Nice wide trail, definitely single track, uh, ultra, ultra steep, but not like blown out and washed out, which is amazing. So whoever built it did a pretty good job. Like there were a couple places, right? That are just so steep that there's nothing you can do about it, especially when you send motos up it, but not like trenched out and super scenic. It's all kinds of different landscapes. There is Alpine stuff like actual aspen trees and just awesome like regular brown loamy dirt there was like rocks slate rocks baby head rocks um sand red rock it was literally every piece of geography possible geology one of the g words we got big rocks we got little rocks we got sandstone (laughs) rocks we got limestone rocks if they made a rock in any fucking flavor we got that shit boom yeah it was fun we'll beat any rock prices (laughs) <laughs> it was a really good time is the moral of the story so we did a full loop uh ran through a full battery went back down charged up at the car ate some hot dogs and went back out for a round two and took other turns that we didn't take the first time and there turns out a ton more that we can explore out there so maybe this weekend we'll go again so hobble creek highly recommend it and i think it would be lit on an e-bike it's a pretty tough climb like there were definitely sections that you 
can basically almost not make on a moto. So, oh, Kenny, I have an e-bike question. Uh, sure. At your shop, have you had any of the specialized Turbo Taro X bikes come through? No, we have the regular non-full suspension version of that bike. And for the listeners yeah. that might not know, that is a just hardtail uh, e-bike. You don't see a lot of hardtail e-bikes these days, so it's kind of unusual in that way. But it's like a little bit more budget-friendly. You could use it as just an all like an all-around bike or a commuter. It's basically just got a suspension fork, but it's got you know it's more fender. like a truck of e-bikes. Yeah, it's got a it's got fender mounts and all that kind of cool stuff. And then the Taro X, they sold it to us as just exactly that, Matt. They said this is the SUV. I think maybe we've gotten one or two of them. I don't have a lot of experience with them. Uh, but yes. So what about that bike? I was just looking at, I mean, I, I really want um, an e-bike for hunting. Okay. Just to cover a little bit more ground without getting sweaty. That's like a big thing. I Like, I don't want to have to change clothes. Like, I, I would love if I could ride a bike to go hunting. But the, the uh, effort it would take to go the places that I go, I would have to have a change a full change of clothes on me to do that and just time effort cold my butthole got sweaty yeah exactly sweaty butthole i i would love to have an e-bike for hunting but i don't want you know there's some hunting brand like some brands that market to hunters like quiet cat yeah there's there's a ridiculous amount of them they're all really cheesy and they're gonna be basically walmart bikes and they're gonna be yeah, they're going to be pretty cheesy. Now, having truly having maybe some fat tires with like some inserts in them is not unreasonable. Like you could air them down. You can kind of like you could do some pretty climby stuff on them. But like you're a good enough mountain biker that I just don't know that that kind yeah, of tire yeah. would be necessary. Uh, but I could well, that's see why I was it being asking cool. about the the Taro X is it it looks basically like a normal full suspension mountain bike the seat tube angle just i haven't looked at the the geometry chart the seat tube angle in the picture looks really steep but it also it comes with like a rack that can hold i think 40 something 44 pounds that's the big thing about it basically is it is kind of an suv right like you can put racks and fenders or whatever you want on it so on the surface i would lean towards a levo because it's got better resale and it's just a very hashed out bike but the yeah. second you want to put a rack on it or anything like that, then I would get the Taro yeah. X. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would want, because uh, I'd, I'd love to be able, my, my hunting pack is kind of big, and I'd like to be able to put it on either a rack or in a paneer or or put the shit that's in it in a paneer and then jam it back in the pack when I'm ready to hike. Just something like that. And it also, it comes with like a thousand lumen front light. It, it has a rear light, which doesn't really matter for what I want, but just having a light because you know you hunt until 30 minutes after sunset and then it's fucking dark so having lights just built in ready to go like a really bright light is really appealing i think it could be a really cool bike yeah hey specialized send me one yeah. <laughs> send andrea one what would you want a large no uh they're actually i did look at the uh wonder what their size guide says now, their size guide still says I'd ride a medium, but I looked at just the reach on the geometry chart, and the reach is really long on... What's that C2 angle? Uh, let's see. The reach is 439 on... I think this is... Oh, maybe that is was, the medium. Maybe I was looking at something else. I thought that the small was 439 and the medium was 468 in reach, but um, I feel like I've... There it is. Seat tube angle is 78 degrees. 
I don't know what my seat tube angle is, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. I don't know either. I just don't pay attention to that. It's funny. I don't pay attention to really any of that stuff anymore. I just look at a bike and I'm like, yeah, that's about right. And then if I got to change a stem, I change a stem. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of looking at that and I, I like the, the rack that comes on this wouldn't do exactly what I want it to do, but just the fact that the bike is compatible with a rack. I don't necessarily want carbon because I want to, you know, like toss it in the woods and put shit on it. And I don't know, I just don't want it to be too nice of a bike for what I want to do. But this has a Lyric fork on it. It's got, I think it said, I'm not going to read through all the specs, but if I remember correctly, it's like uh, Select Plus suspension, which isn't the bottom line. That's not the top of the line. It's GX. I mean, it's just, you know, pretty simple. That's XO. Oh, yeah, that is an XO. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I am i don't have $6,000 to spend on that right now, but. Uh, are you going to do patrons? Uh, yeah, well, I was going to tack that in on the end of what I did in my week before we started doing uh, new shit that we probably hate. Kenny, do you have any other uh, after your cool ride that you did? Yeah, so we did some moto. Uh, I've ridden the Kinevo SL a few times. Finally got the brakes Holy fixed. Shit. Yeah, runs good. So brake is all fixed. TRP sent me a new caliper. So thanks, TRP. Yeah, kind of no questions asked. They sent me a caliper and pads and a rotor, which is pretty nice. cool since it did puke oil out everywhere. And so far, so good. The oil stayed in behind the seals? They are, the oil is staying in the caliper, which is where you want it. Wait, you want it in the lever too, don't you? Sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm still learning. Sorry. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it for me. Cool. Well, the last time I recorded the Just Riding Alone show, thank you, Ken Graham, for uh, giving me that suggestion. I, I didn't think of it when I was recording, but um, so I, it hasn't been very long I have ridden once. I went out and did just a loop that I like to do that's not too far from the house. It's like on the edge of Salida. It is Bear Creek Road to the Rainbow Trail and then down the Columbine Trail. It's pretty quick. Uh, you can knock it out in, if you're hauling ass, around an hour. Um, I did want to haul the ass and I wanted to get, this is, I have devolved into uh, Strava racing now because I can just kind of go out and do it on my own time and I really wanted to get the QOM on this loop so I went out and got it by really only by about 20 seconds the person who had it is Tracy Thielen from Colorado Springs and she uh, she doesn't ride a lot anymore I don't think but she does run ultra marathons now and she's pretty quick she was always really fast when she was a rider so uh, to go and nab that was pretty painful and there's a lady in Salida who I've been getting emails from, not from her, but from Strava, that she has taken my QOM. And I have gone out and taken a few back. And then I'll get an email like a month later that she took them back. And I finally, well, I asked um, ask, uh, Scott, Scott Banks from Scott's Bicycle Service. God, I was like, hey, is, do you know who this is? And I don't want to say her name. I don't know if she cares if I say her name on air, so I'm not going to. And I, Bitch is on Strava. Well, yeah, and she has a public account on Strava, but I I still like, I, I don't know. Some people don't want to be named on a podcast when they have no idea they're being talked about, so I'm not going to do it. But anyway, I asked, I was like, hey, is, do you know this lady? Is she on an e-bike? He's like, no, she's actually, like, she's fast. And she like has no idea that she's fast. I'm like, oh, cool. That's really cool. And so I got you know a handful of, like she took 
two or three in one ride or something. And I just commented on a ride. I'm like, dude, you're killing it. That's awesome. Let me know if you ever want to, because I had asked, I was like, does she race or anything? He's like, no, no, she like doesn't really think that she'd be that good at it. And so I just commented, I'm like, if you ever want to get into racing and you need help, advice, whatever, just hit me up. She's like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Thank you. She's like, I don't need advice. I'm faster than you. (laughs) Got him. Got him. Well, I I went out, (laughs) you know, like, I think her time on this was like an hour or six. And I went out and did it in like almost 57 minutes flat. And I I tagged her in it. And I said, I said, come and get it. (laughs) I was like, come and get it. And she replied back, okay, I just got to knock 10 minutes off my time. Thanks. (laughs) But... So that's that's my life now is Strava racing. Um, I've got to go and get that Silver Creek QOM that I broke my wheel on. Uh, Scott got my wheel put back together. Got my new rim from Knox. Scott um, laced it up for me. And I rode it uh, on that ride. First ride. And it was wonderful. Scott is an excellent wheel builder. So Yeah, Scott rebuilt one of my wheels. And the one that I broke the hub on. And it I, I haven't even thought about checking if it was true because it just it it's fine. I know it's fine. He's like I don't know. He's like Rain Man with wheels. He just he's just so good. Like there's no reason unless Scott moved or we moved away from Scott. Like I would mail him my wheels. <laughs> like there's I really no, would. There's no reason to get better at building wheels or know more about building wheels because he's just so good. You just take him your shit and give him cash and he builds a wheel. At this point, if I broke a spoke, I would probably just pay him to replace it. I yeah, just don't I mean care. I've, I've actually done that at least once. Twice. I've done it twice. I broke spokes in that uh, Reynolds wheel set that I was riding training Tour Divide on. And then I broke a spoke in the Three Zero Moto wheel. I don't remember how I did that. I feel like it was a rock ping-ponging through there. I don't think it was an Both actual... Both of them, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a real like a tension issue or something. But yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've got going on. I've worked the last couple of days and I'm kind of whooped. Oh, I forgot to mention when I was in Leadville, I was in the Safeway in Leadville, and this man said, are you Andrea? And I said, yes. And he said he was a listener. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. And kind of went on my way, like, because it kind of caught me off guard. And then I, like, saw him in checkout, and I'm like, hey, what's your name? And his name was Eric. Um, Eric and his son, Ian. I don't remember if both of them were racing Leadville or just one of them the 100 but um i hope whoever was racing they had a good race so did you andrea did you discuss leadville adventures on your other podcast <laughs> on my just riding alone yeah yes okay i did i discussed things that i saw um i had kenny just for for your entertainment i had one shimano brake lever that had spooged out all of its mineral oil out of the lever that is that is shocking yeah Uh, it's been so long since i've worked in a shop i was a little off my game like the guy came in and his brake was soft and he's like i need a brake bleed and i'm like oh cool and i checked him in and rolled it back into the back and when i got to it i was like oh it's a fucking leaky shimano lever like i didn't even check it was obvious too like once i looked at it a little closer and i was just so like off my game from not working in a shop for the last three years that I didn't even think to look at it at check-in. So I had to do the callback and tell him that he needed a new brake. Did but you find a new that, lever or brake or, yeah, <laughs> or his problem? Some. There were some in stock. Okay. Yeah, no, there were some in stock and he, 
He just bought a new one. Had a couple of waxed chains that were nice and stiff. Also, huge shocker. Yeah, uh, had an elixir. You, hold on, you you gotta put this in there. So, for those of you out there, that one dude. Sorry if I'm making weird noises. I had to stand up for a few minutes. My hip was really sore, and I sounded like an old man when I sat back down. Wax chains have to break in. They need to be ridden for 10 to 15 miles before your key event starts. I learned, I, I don't necessarily agree with waxing chains, but I think a better way to put it is we were told we're dumb because we don't know what we're talking about. And I can say with confidence, I understand my enemy and I still hate it. Um, <laughs> you know, but I did a couple of deep dives. I've probably listened to 10, eight to 10 hours of the Silka podcast. Marginal Gains, I think it's called. Uh, it's sponsored by Silka. The dudes are all from Silka. They're, you know, they're, yeah, they're they're deep into it. Um, I got a question after you're done. So, yeah. Um, Do they ever talk about their sealant? Because I did put some Silka sealant into a tire, and it was very interesting. Yeah, they do. And I'm actually a dealer for that stuff, so... I know a little bit about it from that. Uh, there's an energizer for it. So you don't, like when your sealant gets dry, you like put more sauce in it. You, you don't just put more sealant in it. You put more salt, like you, you re-energize it. I don't know if that's their term for it, but or rejuvenate it, whatever. Um, I would understand that because that stuff. Stan's has that cool. very same system with theirs. When you, you know, when you need more sealant, you rejuvenate it with more sealant. <laughs> Now, Kenny, have you ever handled the Silka sealant? Uh, no. The only weird stuff I've handled are the two revisions of the finish line, and I was pretty underwhelmed with both of them. Yeah, the newest finish line just is like blue stands, pretty much, or whatever color it is. Like it, it feels and has the same consistency and everything. It's like they, they made that first one that just didn't work, and then they're like, oh, fuck, we just got to make some normal ass sealant, and they did. So, uh, no, but the Silka, that stuff. When it drips anywhere, it's like it dries immediately. And I mean like fast. Like By the time that you put some in a measuring device, if you splash a little on your finger and then you go dump it in the tire, by the time you have dumped it in the tire and then popped the bead on, it is dry on your fingers and you can just rub your fingers together and peel it off. Heaven forbid there's air inside your wheel. <laughs> so... And it was two, like the the little particles in it, they looked like little black slivers. And they were too numerous and large to fit through. Uh, I like to use like a two ounce stands bottle uh, with the tip cut off and just squirt sealant into the valve hole. And you could not do that with this stuff. It would not go through the, uh, the tip that was cut. Um, so it definitely had to be dumped into the tire. So it was it was really interesting. It's, it it feels like it would work, but the whole re-energizing thing and the fact that it does dry out so fast, I don't know. I really want to try some so I can just see for myself how it works, like how well it works and how quickly it dries out, especially in such an arid climate where we are here. I have brand new wheels. I have brand new tires. I'm going to order some tomorrow with the JRA credit card for science. That's a great idea. I have tires that are getting kind of worn out on my mayhem, so I'll be probably replacing them next year. <laughs> but yeah, that was something I didn't talk about. But yeah, that, that was pretty much uh, the high points of Leadville. Meeting listeners, fixing stuff, 
seeing New Zealand as it. <clears throat> Since you're losing your voice, do you want me to read those patrons? Nope, I can do it. I got some water. You don't need to read. Reading's bad for your brain. All right, so our patrons, we read off anyone who's $10 and above per month. We've got Zach, Will, Tri-Cities Pet Cthulhu, Tom P, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Taperbore Pro, Scott Stapp is my daddy, SCG Shuko, Sam Pecklin Racing, Sam, Ryan, Rusty Shammy, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dal, MTB Shenanigans, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jared Dix, Jake, in the week before the departure to Arrakis, when all the final scurrying had reached a nearly unbearable frenzy, please change your name, Jake, J.R.R. Tolkien, I love you guys, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, Frank, F That Guy Mark, Ezra, Evan, Dan, Captain Fickle, Cam Irish One, Billy Singlespeed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, Esker Cycles at, I'm assuming 1169. still, I'm assuming it's still 1169, our Australians, Lead Out Sports, Josh and Dean, with Dean throwing in a few extra kangaroo bucks, so he is the top Australian. At 20, we've got Scott, Poop Wrench, Joe Brown, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, Brad at 32, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. No, that's 50. <laughs> sure. All right. Do you guys want to get into some new shit? There's all kinds of shit. I'm, right. I'm just going to start because okay. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, go for it. So we got our little, quote, spy shots, even though I hate that term. But basically there is, uh, did we talk about it on previous show? I don't think we did. Flight attendant uh, front and rear on like XC, XC. bikes. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So I've got a request for a feature, and maybe it's just dumb because the whole point of flight attendant is you set it and forget it, right? Like you just, as long as it's got a battery in it, you just ride it and it should like do all the things you want it to do. And I'm sure there's things you can go in and tune. I really admittedly haven't used any flight attendant whatsoever, so I know nothing about this. But what would be nice is, especially if you've got a dual button situation for on the left side, one of these new pods, and you're operating your dropper perhaps, or even not, I'd like the other button to be just a traditional lock-unlock like override for the rear shock slash fork. I think that could be pretty cool. Well, you, you can lock it out. Oh, you can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can... So you set up your suspension like normal. You run through sag, you set rebound, you set all that stuff, and then... I just didn't know there were any external buttons that could do any of that stuff. I thought it was all like app-based. No, no. You have all the clickers on your shock like normal. Really? And Yeah, dude. And then you... I thought you had no control over the compression. I I understand having rebound, right? And obviously I'm pretty sure that you can adjust the compression. And then you run through the... I mean, I, I know that this is not what SRAM would call it, but Fox really has the best. And I can't remember if it's two or three different ones but it's like trail mode you know you have like full open you have full like or you have like light trail medium trail full lock um like you can lock out a lyric flight attendant okay but how do you do it you gotta Um, like reach down right like a poor person that's what the button on the bar is for really yeah dude so you have four buttons right you have two like a whole other fucking box i thought it was just you had to have both units because there was like some kind of attitude thingy or whatever i thought you basically just had to have a flight attendant rear shock and a flight attendant fork or really just a damper or whatever little piece goes in there i thought you just had to have those two pieces is there another piece no there's four pieces oh jesus you need you need a front damper you need a rear shock with the damper 
you need the spindle. So you either have to power. Oh, have a just, power meter you just or, need RPM, right? Yeah, it has to know when you're pedaling. And then the it's it's on the bar. So you have four buttons on your handlebars. Assuming you're full rich and you have access everything. How did I not know everything. there was like a flight attendant? Uh, will, hmm. will you just listen? Ah. Ah. <laughs> so on your right shifter, you would have up down for gear selection. On your left shifter, you would use the bottom button probably for your dropper because you have an axis dropper. And then you would use the top button to toggle through your different modes. And the way that I understand it is it is adding the amount of help based on that setting. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I'm looking at the fork right now, and there's like three lights that tell you open, pedal, lock. But I think you have to yeah, reach okay, down. Yeah, okay, so it's three. But buttons. I'm seeing you would have to like no. reach down like a poor person to do that. Why would you reach down? Why would they put a button on your handlebar if you're going to reach I'm down? I'm just saying there's a button on the on the fork. There's three buttons, in fact. A plus, a minus, and then a, some other mystery button. Pull up a picture of it. And then there's a, quote, RockShox Axis Controller, which just looks like a left-hand side... Oh, okay. Well, that's a wait. What the fuck? Holy shit! Is that a <laughs> is that a two is that a two button left side traditional? Yeah. What? Yes, they make that. They made the two button left side traditional style. No. For what? For flight attendant? For flight attendant. Jesus. Because yeah. flight attendant came out before transmission. Holy shit! I really wanted to get one. Yeah, it does open pedal and lock. Well, there you go. So, Kenny, your dreams have come true. I should probably think, read I, things first. I think the buttons on the fork might adjust. That might be... So, let me look at a picture of it. It's and not unreasonable to have tiny buttons there. Like, if you never use them, who cares, right? But it might be nice to have them in case, you know, you crash and rip your controller off or your battery and your controller dies or whatever, right? Like, that makes that, sense. That might be how you adjust the, the like, pedal mode. Because hmm. you don't have a traditional compression setting. That might be where you fiddle with that. There are all kinds of buttons. Jeez, there's another button by the battery. My word. Well, that's the pairing button. Jeez. Like, I mean, every everything has a little button that you pair with. Craziness. Okay. Well, anyway. So, so we have XC flight attendant coming out. I'm I'm going to make a big push here for something I've asked for before. We really need an AXS SL battery. A single cell race day. A race day battery. Yeah, Axis race day battery a single cell battery that weighs a third less because you're gonna have four batteries on your bike and if you can take that much weight out of the bike i don't see why not I wonder how much an axis battery weighs because if you could take 10 grams out of each one like that's that's reasonable axis i don't know do you want me to go weigh battery weights no we got the old internets we're gonna jujul it it's 24 grams so eesh, taking half the weight out of that might be challenging i, I said a third yeah yeah but if you have four batteries, because you have a post, a fork, a shock, and a rear derailleur, if you can take eight grams out of each of those, you've saved a full ounce. Oh, Amazon makes one. And it's it's <laughs> it's half the length, and it's blue. There you oh go. Oh, God. Ask and, and catch you on fire. shall receive. It might catch on fire. $15. It gets five stars from one rating. <laughs> what a beauty. You can get it in yellow, black, or blue. And it weighs 14.1 grams, 10 grams lighter. Holy shit. Guaranteed to only start a small fire. And it is actually pretty cool because it doesn't stick out. Like, it basically just sticks out as far as the uh, little lever, like the latch. Yeah, that would be really cool, too. Yeah, so I don't think like, any of that actually is unreasonable. That could be pretty cool. 
Yeah, and let's face it, you don't need your battery to last a month. Ooh, I've got a huge idea, but I can't share it with you because it's going to make me a million dollars. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> You're going to put one battery inside your stem and then have a bunch of wires running around so you only have to have one battery. <laughs> no, I think that's reasonable. But also this race day battery, you could probably like hide one in your handlebar or something too. There's all kinds of actual- Like a spare one? Yeah, exactly. Put it in your handlebar toolkit. Yeah, one side is like your chain whip or whatever goes inside your handlebar these days. <laughs> and then the other side is your battery. And then in your in your crank spindle, you got some shit. In your SWAT box, you got all kinds of shit. Hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so XC flight attendant. Is there anything else really about that that is shocking or different? Uh, I wonder if there's going to be a change to the epic because i'm seeing things in this picture that are interesting yeah probably right so i'm not looking at that picture that's an epic evo but it's not i mean that bike's pretty old i just bought one so i'm sure they're gonna replace it now you're gonna have to replace yours no mine's fucking great will you send a link in the chat to what you're looking at oh andrea found it at the right moment do you want to look at the close-up photos what are those wires that's all just for telemetry okay I guess I don't know my bike that well. What's is the shock mount different? Well, that's it just says Epic on it and it's got a shorter fork, but it's got a carbon link for the shock, which I don't even think the S Works Epic Evo has, but I could be mistaken on that. And I just wonder if that's gonna be the new just regular Epic. Oh, like if there's not gonna be an Epic and an Epic Evo anymore, if we're just gonna have an Epic? That's what I'm wondering. Who knows? I mean they just made that World Cup with like the sleepy shock thing. They're not gonna Nix that. No, I mean, that's the Epic World Cup. No, no, like have an Epic World Cup, and then you don't need an Epic World Cup, an Epic, and an Epic Evo. You need an Epic World Cup for a race bike. You need an Epic Evo for, I got what you mean. Let's call it the short travel slash XC race bike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I did ride a few bikes that had um, traditional axis, like the the rocker style shifter, and I rode one that had the newest style uh, transmission, the one that uh, has the two buttons. Mm-hmm. And I did like the two button one. Though I just, I can't get over people's choice to run the upper button to make the bike shift to a harder gear. Because in my brain, the button you push moves the chain in that direction. So it was, it was very difficult test riding different bikes because maybe like out of, I don't know, five bikes that I rode that had test road that had axis on them. One person had the the shifter swapped to the direction that I like. And so I had just gotten used to people running their shifter in the other direction. And so, you know, I get on this bike and it just totally fucks with my brain. It was uh, fun. What shocks me is how bad people's cockpits are set up. Half of the people's bikes that I ride are straight up unrideable. And it's crazy. Usually they have their controls like dropper lever and shifter so far inboard that you literally cannot put your thumb on the grip. And I run my hands like pretty damn far out of my grips, by the way. Like I ride almost all the way at the end of my bars and I still can't even ride these people's bikes. Like I don't even understand what they're doing. Do you encounter that? I don't know. For sure. I don't ride people's bikes anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's worse on smaller bikes because, and I'm not even going to say women's bikes because even dudes who ride bikes that are like small and medium are the same way. Like people, your average person setting up a bike in the bike shop is not, they're probably on a large or extra large bike, right? So Or they're kind of on the bigger end of medium. And 
it's like they set up a bike where they like the controls without even thinking about the fact that the person who gets on this bike next is going to have hands that are, you know, 25% smaller or something. Like it's, it's just ridiculous how a lot of small people's bikes are set up. Well, I'm just saying that like it's, if you have your hand in the position where you can comfortably break, then the shifter is like crammed up against your thumb slash the webbing of your thumb to the point where you can't even like grasp the bar anymore. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. That's my I, biggest I saw complaint. a lot of uh, axis shifters that were crammed against ESI grips to the <laughs> point of where you had to like push the paddle into the grip a little bit. Like it had dented the grip. Some of those might be yeah, you can... people like using matchmaker for axis. I, yeah. I use matchmaker for axis. You just, the biggest thing you need to do is you need to get an MMX because it's technically Matchmaker Extreme and you need to get the left version because the MMX left, think about the left versus right as being the direction the the little perch or the hanger protrudes from the, the mating surface. And I run an MMX left on the drive side to hang my shifter in a more inboard position while still using Matchmaker. Well, when I'm Supreme Leader, matchmakers will be illegal. They'll be like contraband. You have to run discrete clamps on all your things. Yeah, you can't fit a discrete clamp wolf tooth lever under a stealth brake. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Uh, wild. Speaking of wolf tooth. Yeah, we got a pair of wolf tooth tacks. By the way, I'll, <laughs> before this airs, I'll be making a wolf tooth order just to appease the over wolves. Wolftooth adds larger direct mount Shimano chain rings, and all limited edition titanium cages are on sale. And that sale runs through Labor Day. So if you need your cage to look pretty. Yep, they are Cerakoted. It's Cerakoted titanium, so it's a very durable finish. Uh, but now you can get Shimano 1 by Wolftooth chain rings up to a 38 tooth in round, and then up to 36 tooth in oval. But yeah, all of the tie bottle cages, which... You know, I'm a huge fan of the specialized Z cage, um, not just because of the side exit uh, with frame clearance, but just because they hold the shit out of your bottle. They're also really I cheap, lost. and you can put a little multi-tool or some other stuff on there too if you want. You can. I lost my first set of Z cages to Andrea at Breck Epic one year. Yeah, they went on my bike because I had uh, like some Arundel cages on there, and my I just ejected bottles constantly. And so. I got there. <clears throat> And she's like, I keep fucking dropping bottles. Ah. And I'm like, do you want to run my cages? And then... He never got them back. I get, like, I was only at Breck for a couple of days, and I go back to Wheat Ridge, where I was working at the time, and I was like, I need to buy more Z cages. And they're like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, I got to buy some more of these. And they're like, didn't you just buy some of these? I'm like, yeah, they went on Andrea's bike. And I remember my buddy being like, yeah, you're not getting them back, are you? I'm like, nah, it's <laughs> worth it. Yeah, so... Uh, but these are good. I have used these, and they are good. I've never ejected a bottle out of these. I think they're actually on my fat bike. But yeah, like they're they're great cages. But uh, I don't have a ton of hard miles on on them. But you know, if I had to run something besides the Z cage, it would be uh, probably one of these because they're they're pretty sweet. Their bottle relocator is really good for small frames. Also, I had to use one of those on my Rocky Mountain Vertex. I don't think you would have had to with this cage, though, because this cage has way more mounting holes yeah, than a normal yeah, it cage. Does. But yeah, it's uh, good cages on sale. They are pink, teal, khaki, copper, orange, green, and red. 
Oh, do you want to talk about, Kenny, did you see the wearable axis shifters? I saw a picture of it. Yeah, the SRAM filed a patent. Uh, a lot of this article talks about how you would use them for road bikes. The patent does include something where you would use it for a mountain bike by like pressing your finger into the bar. Um, so like extra force on like the tip of your finger instead of the pad of your finger. Um, but that's that seems pretty cool. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, I mean, I'm sure they would go through some testing with this, but I feel like some accidental shifts might be a thing, but I'm, I mean, that's like the biggest issue with that sort of thing on a mountain bike. So I, you know, I'm sure that they're working on that. Um, you know, my biggest go ahead. hope for this would be that it would control the suspension lock. Like I can imagine being on my on any bike but especially like on my single speed where I lock and unlock and lock and unlock like every time I stand up on my single speed I'll lock my fork and most of the time not all the time but most of the time I lock the fork and I can imagine doing like having some kind of pressure I would put on the bar end because I also use bar ends on my my single speed um, to lock the fork by just doing that instead of hitting a lock as I was standing up that would be really fucking cool I mean you would just need a flight attendant fork and a wireless blip. Yeah, you could do that. But this would be a glove on your hand, so it would be fucking cool. Yeah, then what happens when you get all sweaty and you want to take your gloves off? I don't take my gloves off when I ride. All right, so here's my bigger problem is they say like all these gestures and movements are things that you wouldn't do during normal riding. Yeah, it's all funny games until you get a B in your helmet and then suddenly you're in your hardest gear with your suspension locked and you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Your suspension locks, your shifter's shifting, like your derailleur's going. Yeah, and there's still a B in your helmet. Um, I still want no. verbal. Like you have a, you know, your safe word or whatever, like banana, and then it drops your seat that's, post. That's also in this, that's also in this uh, patent. Oh, nice. a filing for a, a voice-activated shifting, which I feel like... That was an afterthought just so they could do it or so they could file the patent so no one else could just so they could have it. Yeah, I was I mean, going to say not? that about this about this entire thing. I don't see this as something that comes to market for Joe Blow. I see like world tour teams riding it on TT bikes and stuff because then you can do this weird stuff where your hand is in yeah, the you most could, arrow you could position. keep your hands where you want them. I think from that standpoint, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. But... Uh, yeah, I also think that they just filed this whole, th like, I think someone had, like, 17 gin and tonics and, like, two Troy margaritas, and they're like, AXS gloves! And they're like, you want gloves with the AXS, like, logo on them? We already made those. They're like, no, 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 gloves that shift! And he, like, slams his glass down. He's like, I'm filing the patent in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Let's Formula see, has about. quad piston brakes. I didn't even see that. Yep. Oh no! Or Anyways. was that on like the um like a downhill bike? Nope. Something like from oh okay. I did skip over that article about um new tech at whatever World Cup downhill. Um, nope. Looks to be kind of a trail bike situation. Interesting. Can I can I make a terrible joke that no one's gonna care about but me? Sure. Yeah. All city is going full Detroit because <laughs> they're not gonna make all city bikes after the 2024 model year. So. And I did drink margaritas and rant about this one. I don't care. I think SRAM, uh, I think QBP made a, a huge misstep years ago when they launched the All City brand. Uh, well, they had Surly, and All City yeah. is just like a yeah. I don't know. So Parker and I talked about this. He was a Minneapolis kid. He knows all about QBP. I think that QBP should have either improved the Surly models 
and offered select models in like an SL, like a Karate Monkey SL. It has nicer tubing. It costs more. It comes with a carbon fork or like it comes with a whiskey yeah, fork. Yeah, but all city was say. never like premium stuff. I thought it was always no. salsa was the nicer stuff and surly was the shittier stuff. Well, so let me finish, Kenny. But it, they either should have made surly SLs or they should have broadened the salsa lineup with some steel bikes because all city is nice stuff it uses like nicer tubing and stuff it just kind of squandered in this weird middle ground where it wasn't punk but it wasn't it wasn't a nice salsa so i don't know i i think they made a couple of uh a couple of big missteps with that brand in general and i don't know i mean i know that some people love those bikes but i think that that they could have focused their their efforts and strengthened one of their other two brands and either diversified salsa a little bit more or churched up surly a little bit with some nice models yeah that would make sense but they didn't Can i think i, I think quality one? should get rid of all those brands like they own so many of these <laughs> things problem solvers maybe and like all these zillion things that a lot of people use and recognize they need to just get rid of all that stuff and it's just all called like quality or q or something like that, and just done. And everything lives under that. There's no more, no more Terravale and whiskey and all this kind of stuff. I think they're like, I don't know why you'd make so many brands, and then they end up divesting them, which is really weird. Like whiskey's kind of maybe sort of going away, and it's just it's weird to me. Well, but I think you don't want to run. I, I don't know. I think you just make this. You can either make like you can make really nice stuff and like not as nice stuff, and it can all be under the same brand name. But maybe I'm bad at yeah. branding. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one more new shit that I want to mention um, quickly, and then we can rapid fire a couple of listener questions and wrap it up. Uh, the Petey's Hold Fast Trail Tool Wrap. Um, this is basically like a little water resistant. I think the material is actually waterproof, but they don't call it totally waterproof because it doesn't have, you know, like sealed seams and shit. Um, it's basically a little pouch that you put your tool or whatever you want they have some suggestions in here. The They have basically different things that you could put in here. One of them is called the Herbalist, and uh, it has a CO2 inflator, a fire starter, plug kit, kindling, and pizza topping. I, I think that's supposed to be weed. I just don't... They reinvented a seat bag. Well, it's like, it's basically, it's a little roll for your shit, and then you roll your shit up, and you can strap it, anywhere where you can strap shit on your frame it's got a little credit card or dollar bill holder i don't know i i kind of like it i uh, i don't like carrying a pack so i think this is a cool little thing that's not an open to the elements tool strap if like that's one... what i've never liked about the strappy stuff is that a lot of it not all of it but a lot of it is kind of messy yeah i don't know i feel like all these companies i had some rep try to sell that to me the other day it's like an, it's just, it's a fucking, it was a rubber band. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this thing's amazing. It's been super engineered and it's perfect. And I'm like, it's a fucking rubber band. It, <laughs> it just doesn't, it's so stupid. It's like multi-tools. If someone makes one more goddamn multi-tool, just Oh, we stop aren't even it. talking about the ones, just the, stop the it. most recent crank spindle and bar end offerings, because uh, I just didn't want to get anyone fired up. But, but these but, open, yeah. these open holders, I think are really dumb. Yeah. Why would you, I just don't. Yeah, I don't like the open holders. I don't holders. want any of that stuff. It's going to get, your stuff's going to get destroyed. It's going to fly out. There's a reason, you know, over the years, humans have come up with these things called 
fucking bags and you put your shit in a bag yeah. and you either put the bag yeah, on your body is, or you put your bag on your bike and you're done yeah this is a a, a neat little thing if you don't want to run some kind of a frame bag this is like a a cooler a, a more hip frame bag for your little stuff so i just wanted to mention that i think it's cool uh we have a couple of listener questions that we can uh well this one's not going to be oh yeah this one is so i uh had to scroll down in this question from James says, I have a Q factor question on the new SRAM transmission. Most of the new cranks have a 174 Q Q factor and I've been riding 168 for years with my current setup. I have been running a few millimeter spacers so I can use crank boots with my race face Atlas pedals. Should I just keep my current XX one cranks and run a wolf tooth ring with the new transmission chain or will I not notice the Q factor change? I'm 5'9 with a 31-inch inseam, if it matters, 26 inches measured from the tip of my limp noodle. Wait, did this person just tell us how long their hang down is? Uh, they have 31 a 30... might be like a pants size. If they're 31-inch inseam and 26-inch inseam measured from the temp- tip of a limp noodle, they are packing some schmeat. <laughs> that thing is five inches pointing down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Quit I'm riding... guessing 31 is their pants size inseam. That can't be possible. I'm also going to make the assumption that that was some reverse penis math. (laughs) Okay. So back to the Q factor in in question. Uh, I mean, Atlas pedals are flat pedals. I don't think you're going to notice a Q factor change on flats. Yeah. I think you're just going to adjust where your foot goes. Yeah, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about a 168 to a 174. Most cranks are in that 174 ballpark. Like that's more normal than a 168 these days. So. I really wouldn't worry about it too much. There's still not really good documentation on from SRAM, like in literature when they're selling these things. Not so much in, you can look up tech manuals and realize that they make two different versions of it, but they're not labeled on the cranks at all, to my knowledge. You have to actually put the serial number in, which is insane. So they need to fix that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I've never seen a Q-factor number written on there. And it's weird, especially with the power meters. It's like a crapshoot on which one you get. It's just whatever the OEM decided to slap on their bike. So that's very bizarre. Well, you should be able to tell by the chain ring though, right? In theory, you can reverse engineer out whatever offset chain ring they had. In theory, yes. Yeah. Um, I noticed the difference on my, my pedals, but I just... I you feel just like- scooted your cleats in. I set up a second pair of shoes yeah. to ride that one bike with. Yes, because yes, I have, I have. They stopped making the shoe that I like, so I, I bought two pairs a long time ago, and now I have one pair that's been in heavy rotation for a long time, one pair that's set up for my wide Q factor cranks, and one pair still in the box. Yeah, but I think with flat pedals, it. I mean, ride it, and if you feel like something is weird, then I don't know. Well, I think they don't want to install it because they could sell it as new. Yeah, that's but true. again, you have flat pedals. You're you're talking about moving your foot inboard on the pedal an eighth of an inch or three millimeters. So I don't know that you're gonna if you're already riding with your foot like rubbing on the crank because you slam your feet in on your pedals, you're gonna notice it. If you don't, I don't think you're gonna notice it. All right. Uh, I'm just looking at the advertisement that's at the top of Bike Rumor. It's a giant Chevrolet ad. And it's for a Silverado. And the slogan is as follows. Any truck can help you make a living. This one helps you build a life. Oh, God. Go fuck yourself. That is the most ridiculous. Someone 
got paid money, like American currency, to come up with this just garbage. It's just ugh. Kenny. That's how that's how media marketing is now. There's they want to sell people a dream that their life could be better by buying this product. No, it didn't say it was going to make you a better life. It said it's if you buy a new Silverado with all the options, your your life is going to be seventeen hundred dollars a month for seventy two months. <laughs> that's the life you're building. Uh. Is you're you're buying an XX or an XO power meter crank and a set of WeR1 wheels every month for 72 months. That's the life you're building is you're buying a power meter and a wheel set every month for 72 months. Yep. Can you Pretty really ready. not get into 2016? You know what I'm shopping right now? 2002 Land Rover or Range Rover P38. <laughs> That's what I want. Isn't that the most unreliable car ever built in the history of time? No, no. <clears throat> hmm. Kenny, there's nothing you can say. Troy has one. No, he has a... a he has a, a Land Rover. He has a Discovery, and they're very similar vehicles. But, yeah, I mean, if if Troy does it, Matt wants to do it, so... That's not <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> uh. So in the next six months, someone can buy my mini truck. <laughs> sick all right so last question of the night from brady says my wife is interested in getting the new trek super caliber looking at the 9.7 in particular the lockout for the suspension is twist shift and we're wondering what would be needed to switch it to a lever for a dro- like for a dropper as she doesn't like foam grips same at all uh, she's all about ergon grips with the palm pad wing thing the ga3 i see ergon makes a twist twist shift model of this grip too but it's currently not available on their website well i don't know about switching to a lever for that particular bike but i can say that you can customize your ergon grips with a saw um, back when i started mountain biking and i figured out early on that i did not like foam grips that i liked ergon grips I used grip shift as I was running three by nine and then later on two by nine and I used nine speed grip shift and I literally looked at the full length, like, you know, measured a grip and said it's this long, held my grip shifter up to it and said I need to cut this much off and just hit it with a fucking saw and it worked. Works great. Uh, That's what I would do. You might have to put um, like that little metal washer in between the grip and the shifter so that the, sh- the twist lock, sorry, not shifter, but the twist lock for the suspension, um, you might have to put that little metal slippy slidey washer in there and, you know, to keep the twist lock from binding against the rubber of your grip. But yeah, you can absolutely just saw whatever part you don't want off the ergon grip and you'll be fine. Yeah, and I'm not sure that they've changed the cable pull where it's not going to be compatible with a SRAM one lock. Yeah, and to be honest, really, the Ergon grip shifter paddle grips, if I remember, I mean, I don't know about the newer ones that are out now that you can't get that you're talking about, but I remember back when I was running grip shift, those grip shift ready grips were still a little bit on the long side. Like I kind of had to move my hand inboard and able in order to move in order to shift it. So I always ended up sawing a little bit off the grip, no matter which grip I had. How many? What does the super cow come with? Does it say? Oh yeah, so two position remote damper, which is going to be. I just did the. I I just dug deep in. So on the two position damper, it's a ten millimeter cable pull, 
the one lock is a 10 millimeter cable pull. So as long as it comes with that, that, uh, spec as listed then you can run a SRAM one lock which is o-n-e-l-o-c no spaces that is a essentially like a baby little shifter that that does a lockout and it is compatible with uh two there you go so yeah either get the saw break out the saw or try out the one lock that matt's talking about and what brakes does that bike come with yeah so it does come with those stealth brakes so you might have some one lock positioning stuff because it's discrete clamp only so keep that in mind yeah um and also uh just a note with the stealth brakes i don't know if it's true with just the codes that i put on my I think bike it is. okay uh, i did ride someone's bike it was on the world cup the that where the ladies hub fell apart inside of her shipping box she had centerline rotors and i did feel like the cable pull or not the cable pull the lever throw was a little bit long on her brakes and she did have them adjusted out for that reason i talked to her about it um so brady if your wife has smaller hands um maybe try those hs2 rotors so that the bite point of her brakes is a little further away from the bar and she can run the levers in a comfortable position where she can reach them um, without sacrificing a good bite point on the brake. But all right, well, we've been recording forever and it is bedtime. You guys ready to wrap it up? Yep, shut it down. All right, bye. Thank you all for listening and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads. <laughs>